Hello there. Welcome to my podcast, Princess and the P Survivor Edition, where we talk about healing from trauma, life's sometimes seemingly impossible tests, and how these ongoing tests impact our relationships with others, as well as the one we have with ourselves. Thanks for being here. My name is Faith Christine Bergevin. You can call me Faith. On today's podcast, we step away from looking at trauma directly and follow a well-worn path in keeping with this time of year. I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little about New Year's resolutions and the feelings that can crop up for us as we enter a new calendar year. There are so many pressures for us to become better, a newer and brighter person, that I thought it might be useful to discuss some of the pitfalls we can encounter when setting goals for ourselves. Listen to hear how I spent the last day of 2022. In fact, how I spend every last day of a given year and how I've come to see that tweaking the goal-making process that is so strongly imposed on us in our culture could very well take us on an unexpected and perhaps more satisfying journey. New me? New you? No, thank you. An alternative to New Year's resolutions. Quote, Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. John Lennon. The new year brings about a certain pressure to change, to be better, to improve, to set a course for a hopefully more successful year as if we have complete control over what happens in our lives. Anyone who has set goals before can tell you that we do not. We have control over our actions, but not always the result of those actions. We have some control over our thoughts, but can't necessarily get rid of some of them. We have some ability to control our emotions, but even here it gets dicey. Sometimes we just feel what we feel and have to wait for the moment to pass. But no matter what efforts we make, there remains certain things about life that we cannot control. Life has its own time and momentum, which can leave us feeling as if we're being swept away sometimes. We can only do so much because often we don't know what's in store for us no matter how much we plan for it. Life carries risk and uncertainty. It's why we cling to the familiar and have trouble moving on and trying new things. Better to stick with the devil you know. Life is in partnership with us, but it, it can be hard to know which role we each take. As odd as it is to say, we co-create our lives with life, meaning we have some say in some outcomes and no say in others. Sometimes it's hard to know which is which. And I think this is why many of us have a complicated relationship with the new year and all the resolutions we're supposed to make. On December 31st, where you'll find me. Every year, I spend about an hour on December 31st reviewing my goals from the previous year. My New Year's tradition is to go to a coffee shop, and as people bustle around me, I poise my pen over my latest journal before writing ferociously. And when I finally look up, usually an hour or more has passed. Such was the case this past Saturday. 
I'd just had tea with a friend at a favorite coffee shop and then we parted and I went to another coffee shop. I pulled out last year's journal and looked at the big picture from a year ago. I read my goal list, which coincidentally had 22 goals written down. I did not pre-plan this. It was only something I saw as I considered each one. 22 goals for 2022. How cute. How many would I say I achieved? Before I answer that, first we have to define what goals actually are. There are different types of goals. When I consider goals, I think of two different kinds, outcome goals and process goals. Outcome goals are the ones we all think of when we think about goals. Sometimes people call these SMART goals. They are goals that we believe we have control over. An example might be, I want to move to a new place this year. It's binary as you look back. Did I move or not? If I moved, I achieved that goal. If I didn't, I did not. This is often how we think of goals. Yes or no, happened or not. And while this way of looking at goals can be motivating, it is sometimes deflating. If we achieved the goal, we feel satisfied knowing, yes, it happened. But if we didn't achieve it, we can get down on ourselves. And the disappointment can prevent us from setting new goals because we start to feel, what's the point? Life's too hard anyway. And that can lead us to feeling without hope. Not a great place to be. And sometimes we think we set an outcome goal and that we have control over it, but really we don't. As an example, if my goal was to sell an essay to a literary magazine and no one bites, it can be disheartening if I didn't get one sold. But where this gets tricky is that outcome goals need to be as much under our control as possible. So with the essay example, how many literary magazines did I submit to? If I say two, well, I didn't really make much of an effort, did I? If I submitted to 15, well, that's a little better, increasing my odds, but still it's not a lot. If I did 100 submissions, well, now I'm actually putting something out there that has more of a chance. But even then, I still have little control over being chosen. Ultimately, someone else has to decide to buy the essay. There is not much I can do about other people's decisions. But still, even if life controls certain outcomes, there are things that can be done. There's a whole other mechanism I do have control over, and it has to do with growth. Enter process goals. Having outcome goals is pretty cool. Clear and neat, exciting in their crisp clarity. But process goals are, in my opinion, where it's at. These goals provide a measure of control because they are about how we process both the actions we are taking and the results we are getting in real time. While they are harder to measure, they will more likely help a person keep going when the outlook seems bleak. And let's be honest, a lot of things often seem bleak. Process goals are a way of looking at how we are living in the world. They are uniquely personal to us. They are a way of assessing how we are growing in our lives. An example of a process goal is working to let go of the belief that how others treat me is a reflection of my worth. What we see with this goal is that there really isn't a hard outcome here, 
Like there's no box I can tick at the end of the year and say, yes, I achieved this goal, it's done. Yes, there's a thought, there's an acknowledgement of a belief I have that isn't serving me in my life, but overall, I can't actually measure it, not in cold, hard, factual terms. But I can consider how I feel when someone treats me disrespectfully. How do I react? Am I able to recover more quickly than in the past? Can I see how their behavior is a reflection of them and their choices? What can I do? And finally, can I accept that my worth is not dependent on outside approval? My process goal here then is about checking in with myself and seeing where the growth is, is happening in the moment. While I know intellectually that how others react to me is not a reflection of my inherent worth, how can it be? It is something I have struggled with and feeling less affected by it is a step in the right direction for me. As I consider where I want to go in my life, it is valuable for me to monitor my own responses when someone does act disrespectfully. The process goal invites me to look at how long my emotional recovery takes when compared to what I know is true in my mind. Then I can see my own progress. Because process goals lead to progress. Process goals do not usually have binary outcomes. They may not be sexy, but there are benefits to using them, and it's this. Having process goals can influence my ability to achieve hard outcome-related goals. And that's because I am clearing the emotional reactions that block me from being able to even attempt a hard goal in the first place, which can hinder my progress overall. And this brings us to the idea of self-awareness. My alternative to resolutions. Instead of thinking of the new year as a time for a new you, perhaps we can consider the small ways we can grow our self-awareness. Use growing awareness to remove the barriers you might have that inhibit your ability to reach your goal or your goals, whether they be outcome or process goals. The more aware you become, the more you can be intentional about your life choices and thus be more open to opportunities that present themselves along the way. Consider what might be holding you back, what themes come up over and over, and these are usually beliefs about yourself or relationships with others. A good way to understand ourselves and our limiting thoughts and beliefs is to write in a journal. Some people draw. Using these kinds of self-expression tools can help us understand our inner world. Cultivating greater self-awareness can be a wonderful process, but I have to say it does come with sobering facts as life reminds you of what there still is to work on. But ultimately, what else is there to do when faced with a life going in one direction? Keep on doing the same or tap into greater self-knowledge of who we are and start moving towards the life we want for ourselves. So getting back to me and my 2022 goals, what were my results? Outcome goals, nine out of 22. Process goals, six out of 22. I didn't achieve all 22 goals for 2022. There were a couple, honestly, 
a couple of outcome goals I am disappointed I didn't reach. And some process goals are ongoing or have shifted into something else through deeper insights I've made throughout the year. But if you add up my outcome and process goals, you get 15. 15 out of 22. That's pretty good. I mean, if I hadn't set those goals, I wouldn't have been aware they were even goals of mine, and chances are I wouldn't have achieved them. Because within the achievement of each of those goals, there were many actions taken and many thoughtful reflections about my process. I found it to be an effective way for me to measure progress. So here are my takeaways and prompts for you. One, choose an outcome goal or a SMART goal. Ask, what would I like to achieve? Two, notice what you have control over and what you don't. Three, take steps towards it. Four, choose a process goal. Ask yourself, what do I think is holding me back right now? Five, notice how this issue interferes with your life and how you wish it was different. And six, write down the answer to this question. How would I like to grow today, this week, this month? Use these questions as prompts to take a step towards some outer objective, outcome goal, or towards a better understanding of your inner world, process goal. If you do, something will shift. I almost guarantee it. But something will shift, something will change. Maybe you won't see the results today or even tomorrow, but one day you might look at the past three months or three years and say, hey, I did that. There can be no greater satisfaction than knowing some small step led to greater feelings of personal well-being and self-mastery, however you choose to measure it. New you, maybe not necessary. Deeper and more intentional you, now that's something to celebrate. And so it ends. Um, this is the point in my podcast where I address any footnotes that I've um, added to the piece. I only have two footnotes. Uh, the first one is really just quoting the uh, John Lennon quote about life. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, and that's from his song, Beautiful Boy, uh, Darling Boy, from 1980. Um, although, if you look at my essay in the written version, um, I do have a link because the quote actually originated earlier before. So if you're interested, you might want to go back to the written essay to see that. Uh, my second footnote is about SMART goals. So SMART stands, it's an acronym. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And again, if you go into my written newsletter, I do have a link to an article that explains more clearly how to write SMART goals. this concludes this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about my work, 
please visit my Substack publication, Princess and the Pea Survivor Edition. Consider becoming a subscriber since this is a reader-supported podcast. A subscription will give you access to the latest articles on healing from trauma and how to deal with life's tests delivered straight to your inbox. Your support means I can continue to research, write, and produce this work. Thank you for listening. Be well.